Gray Fox. Praise games. And welcome to Grey Fox Plays Games, the video games podcast for people that like to praise the sun. That's right, I'm bringing their classic. Joining me on the pod this week is Michael Carden Edwards, aka Michaelness. No gimmicks, just the man himself. How are you, sir? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not too bad. How are you doing? I'm good. I've got a, a, people can't see this, but I actually have a person with me. I've got Mr. Producer Jonathan Moles in the room, face to face. It's really weird. I don't see a square around your face. Hey, could you high five? High five. Oh, that's very probably too. Oh, it's yeah, got a nice slap to it. Hopefully you got that. <laughs> you well? Yeah, I'm good. Really good. I'm pleased to be uh, out and enjoying the world for hey. the first time in a long time. Yeah, so apologies if there's any echoness. We're in my man cave slash studio as we're building it out at the moment, so there might be a little bit of audio turbulence, but we're going to get there. Uh, Mr. Carden Edwards, let's just get straight into the thick of this, son. What have you been playing? Why have I been playing? That's a really good shout. Nothing. <laughs> I'm, I've been busy as a bee, man, like proper busy. So I haven't really had time to play too much of anything, sadly. Sadly. Fair enough. And I have to say, I mean, you're a, you're a football man. You are a host of a very good football podcast. I think you're a little bit busy today, mate. Yeah, a little bit busy today. The old, uh, the old signing of Cristiano Ronaldo. Don't worry. We'll be discussing that next week on, on our show, A Pod of Two Halves. You know, there's the little cheap plug. How'd you like that? Nice. Nice. Love it. Um, speaking of cheap plugs, I've been, that's not a cheap plug. It was a very expensive plug to try and plug my whole of games I needed to fill. I started uh, Returnal um, a couple of weeks ago and I'm not digging it. No? I don't know what. Yeah, it's okay. First of all, haptic feedback. Every new PS5 game is using haptic feedback amazingly. And this is no exception. This is the best use of haptic feedback I've ever played on a video game. Also, I can appreciate the audio is amazing. Like there is a massive love for Ridley Scott. There's a massive love for Alien. There's a massive love for all of amazing sci-fi in this. But I think maybe I'm just a bit roguelite out, you know. Like it's cool, but... I'm just, I don't know, it's just not its not chilling for me at the moment, and I don't know why. Maybe because I'm playing a bunch of other stuff at the moment, but but I do think it is up your alley, though, Mr. Carl. What else, you, what else are you playing? So, please don't hate me, but I've been playing the Avengers DLCs, uh, the War for Wakanda drops. Now, I said to you when we were talking about the news for this that I was going to be able to look you in the eye and say, Michael Carden Edwards... This is the game for you, son. Get online and play this with me. I cannot do that yet. But what I can <laughs> say is that this is a little bit better. <laughs> so let's rewind the story. So basically, after the Avengers landed, this was meant to be one of the first DLCs down the pipe. Now, because of the death of Chadwick Boseman, the team at Crystal Dynamics decided to shelve that DLC um, to give it more attention and release it at a time which is a little bit less sensitive to the current climate and give it the attention it deserves now the gravitas of the situation requires maybe a little bit more attention and the reason why they've done that is because they went and got the guy who does the voice of Krodos in god of war to be king chichala 
they also invested a lot of time and effort getting some amazing story writers. So I'd love to hear the inside story in this, but my theory is that they probably fired the writers because they went and got the guy who wrote some of the best runs on the Black Panther comic books to come write the story for this DLC. Like, they have John Hammond's this, my friend. They have spared no expense. And it does show. So when you first start playing this DLC, and you'll never guess what Crystal Dynamics are really good at, making games where you go raid a tomb. Because that's what it's funny that, right? And that's what it literally is. It's basically Tomb Raider, except your Black Panther, for like the first hour or so. And like, you know what? I am digging this, man. Like this, you feel cool. You can absorb power. You can push it back and stuff. But it, it's still not enough. And I don't know what it's going to take to make it enough. But well, that, that was going to be my question too. Sorry to interrupt. You know what? What does this game need to do, in your opinion, for you to then confidently say, "Yo, Mikey"? Come and play this awesome Marvel game, you know, featuring all the characters that you love. What will it take for that conversation to take place? So, more of the same. So the reason why this DLC works is variety. Right. So what I mean by that is you know, Halo, right? Let's, not Halo, sorry. Destiny. Let's use that example. Destiny 2, the first three DLCs were pretty poor, right? Reason being is that, yes, there were some new environments, but it wasn't that much of a far stretch of the imagination of what was already there. And they were quite short. Now, when I look at, and I'll, I'll use the Assassin's Creed example, although Mikey, I know you're going to go, nah. but what they done with Odyssey, which for, for my money, one of the best video games ever created, um, which is a bold statement. And I've had a few gins, but I, I stick by that. Um, is because they done such a variety of environments between the big DLCs they dropped. You literally went to Hades and then you went to heaven and then you went to lots of other amazing places of future civilizations. There was such a stark contrast in environments that you felt that you were going through such a wide array of, of environments, which is awesome. Avengers is literally the same five environments just with different enemies in. And this is the first time they actually mixed it up and made different environments, different enemy types. And it isn't just jobber guy in suits. They went and pulled from the law of Marvel, which is an absolute treasure trove of awesome stuff. So to answer your question, it's you've done an amazing DLC of the War for Wakanda. Do it now for four. Do it now for Spider-Man. Do it now for all of those big hitting properties. Use that amazing treasure trove of stories. Get the comic book creators to write the narrative because it works. But here's the thing. That's expensive. And they keep giving this DLC away for free at the moment. At some point, they can't do that. Well, my question was going to be, like, after having played this DLC, do you have any desire to carry on playing the game? Like, is there anything? Because obviously it's a, it's a guess, right? The whole point is to keep you playing get, like games as a service, what have you. Yeah. Is there any, like, have they fixed that yet where there's actually got, things to I do? I haven't got to the end of the DLC yet. Okay. Cause that's, that's the key, right? Cause they can go and spend whatever on a, on a, you know, a, a writer for Spider-Man and I might play it and go, oh, that was a fun four hours or whatever. And then be like, yeah, bye. They've not, they've not nailed the end game yet still. They're making that, better single player experiences, but they've not nailed the end game yet. Um, you did actually, sorry, I'm going to change topic slightly here. Um, you said a word which actually reminded me of the only game that I have played since we last recorded the pod. Hades. 
Hades. Yeah, man. I, I, I got at work. I got at work because like, yo, man, I, I've started playing this game called Hades. Have you, have you played it? And I was like, have I played it? I <laughs> love it, mate. And I just got, you know, I kind of looked at it and I was like, yeah, I got a little bit of an itch. Got a little bit of an itch here. And yeah, stuck it on the old Switch again. Oh, what a game. What a game. Oh. Oh, what a beautiful game. I love the voice acting on this, right? Because, you know, when you're like, you know what I love about the voice acting in that game is that there's such a story in all of the dialogue, even when you don't need, you, the dialogue's not there, but you hear the story behind it. So I can tell you for a fact, everyone in the underworld, right? Everyone 100%. is horny as hell. Yeah, 100%, 100%. The, um, oh, the other, it's the music as well. I love that little beat as you start the, start your run. Yeah. It's that little groovy beat. It's like, yeah, here we go. We're going to get some good boons this time. You know what they need to do? They need to get the guys that done the animation for that Hercules animated movie and make a Hades movie and make it R-rated. That would be the greatest thing ever. But more importantly, Michael, we have gibbered on long enough. I want to hear what Mr. Moles has been playing because I, I know what he's been playing. I want, I want to hear him talk about yeah, it. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm still stuck in limbo with my PS5 that there's not that many PS5 games that I want to play. So, yeah, the months can't come quick enough until there's actually something towards the end of the year that I want to purchase and play the hell out of. But we've just had the summer sale on the PSN store, so I scooped up some more of the back catalogue. And, uh, yeah, so Resident Evil 2. Yes. 3. Yes. I've also got the remake HD of 1. Yeah, oh my god, yes. Again, that's uh, that's in the in the library. And uh Zero is in the library. Oh. So I have got a lot of Resident Evil to get through. Which should hopefully give me enough time to get through all of that back catalogue for them to then release the DLCs for Village. You know, you know, I was basically you know that Vince McMahon meme, which is just him like going, huh? Huh? Ah, that was me there, you describing each of them. How are you finding remake two? Yeah, great. Love it. On the PS5, it is smooth as hell. Um, obviously, the visuals aren't as good as Village, for obvious reasons. But, yeah, it looks glorious. And uh, playing it with the lights off, with your headset on, it's still spine-chilling, I remember, from the uh, early games that okay. now look terrible. If you're, you look you're, you're among friends here. Have you used the guide? Have I? Yes. Yeah, I mate, I was using the guide in the first fucking you, hour of that game. You can't. It's like... I spent 20 minutes trying to look for something. So I'm giving up. All right. I need to get through all these back catalog games. Like, so it's yeah, guide. Oh, well, there it's in uh, this room uh, by this closet. Yeah, I'm going to do that. It's just not the same reading stuff online as opposed to when we were kids and we had the big thick manuals we used to buy from game. No, oh, they were all glorious. The pictures, all those walkthroughs. I remember those. So, what's, yeah. What's the, what, have you ever bought a guide like in the shop? And what was the one you remember the most? Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, it was a tome. Yeah. It was, you know, it's the complete works of Shakespeare had nothing on this manual. It was huge. <laughs> um, it was basically Lord of the Rings plus. It was plus a lot. War and Peace. Yeah, it was a it was a big book. Um, Mikey, you ever purchased a, a guide back in the day? And what was the one that you remember the most? Um, I purchased the guide to Pokemon Red and Blue. Fair what enough. did you need a guide for for that? What was the? Was it just because you were really into it and just just needed it? Just into it, man. Like you had to, you had basically all of the little things of like speak to this person because then you'll be able to get this item that you can only get at this point of the game and all this kind of stuff, basically, and all the all the little other like 
NPCs that you meet that will trade your Clefairy for a Growlithe and stuff like that. You know, all of those little gimmicks like that, basically. And then obviously the guides of like um, which Pokemon can be caught in which area, which uh, when you're fighting different trainers, what Pokemon they have, so you can make sure you've got the right type selected at the, at the start. So it's basically a guide to kind of help you through uh, but mainly for like, oh look, I'm on Route 17. I can ca- I can catch uh, you know a Dratini here, you know, if yeah. you're trying to fill out the old Pokedex. So yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, nowadays on the PS5, we we have that built into the into the OS. You you get stuck on a level and the game's all supported. You know, you just press your press your home button. Well, how do I get this item? And it shows you a little video. It's, no, that's not fun to me. Ah, kids won't know the pain we had of, of going through pages and, and reading. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, I think we've, we've dabbled long enough. Let's get straight into it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to say that Grey Fox Plays Games is now in session. Let's talk about some news. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. There was an announcement at Gamescom uh, last night, actually, at Horizon Zero Dawn, done a ghost update, you know, one of those stealth ones that crept in overnight and updated. They stuck in a 60 FPS and 4K resolution upgrade and showed some of the visuals from this. Now, I didn't really gel with this game, and Mikey, I know you were similar with me, of I appreciate it's a beautiful game. I appreciate there's some cool stuff here. Jurassic Park meets The Matrix, hello. But for whatever reason, didn't chime in. Is that enough for you to want to dip your toe back into the world? Is it a PS5 only upgrade? No. Well, the up. Oh, yeah, I think it's PS5 upgrade. Sorry, you're right. So yeah, then no. Fun, but if you had a PS5, or when you get a PS5 and you get a PS collection, would you go back to it? Um, no, like you said, I think the idea of Jurassic Park Mechs is awesome. Um, just something about it didn't sit well with me. You know, uh, if I was a lot younger and I had more time to, to burn than maybe. But, you know, as we all get older, we have responsibilities and things like that. You've got limited time to spend on video games. You know, that, that limited time you've got to use valuably. And I'd rather spend that time playing stuff that I know that I love. Like, you know, when, for example, when Spider-Man came out, you know, it's like, oh, I'll give that a go because I love Spider-Man. Turns out it was one of the best games I've ever played. So and I was like, yes, vindicated, you know? So, I started playing Horizon Zero Dawn. I played it for about, I think I must have put about six, seven hours into it. And I just kind of went, I'm just not enjoying myself as much as I want to be. And I don't think improved visuals or better FPS is going to really make a difference. And this is why, like, a lot of people, because... Ghost of Toshiba, or Toshima, however you pronounce it. Toshiba, well, they make TVs. Yeah, yeah, go go to those TVs, mate. (laughs) There's the sequel, Panasonic, coming down the road as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the director's cut of that came out last week, and I was getting frustrated hearing so many questions being asked on various podcasts over, oh, does this make this a different game? The answer's no. Like, it's still the same game. It just plays a little smoother and has some DLC with it. So... If you missed it first time round, then this is the best time to pick up those games, whether that's Ghost of Panasonic or <laughs> or um, things like uh, Death Stranding, stuff like that, these new director's cuts that are coming out. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that's enough to want me to pick it up, but I do like the fact that developers are just doing these ghost updates where it's like, you know, we're not making it a big thing. Uh, Ratchet & Clank, great example. They took a beloved game. No one was asking for them to go, hey, give us a... 
uh, 60 frames per second and 4K resolution upgrade. But they did because they wanted to get you hungry for that sequel that's coming out. So, I mean, I know they've done performance updates for God of War, but surely the next one on the list is doing a 60 FPS and 4K resolution upgrade for God of War in prior for Bloodborne coming out. Surely the next upgrade is a 60 FPS and 4K upgrade for Bloodborne. Curse you from software. <laughs> Give me my Bloodborne upgrade, damn you. You're getting more the uh, what's it called? Degrading, de-escalating mods being done than upgrades. I'm furious about this, man. <laughs> like you can play every other like Dark Souls game at 60 FPS. You cannot play Bloodborne without basically hacking your um PlayStation essentially. It's ridiculous. Just give me 60 FPS on this bloody game. Can I, can I just say they they did do an update for God of War. Did they? And it was glorious. Yeah, they've been... They've, they've it done. wasn't 4K. Yeah. It was kind of upscaled, but the 60 FPS and... Oh, it is 60 oh, FPS. It, it, looked, it looked shit hot. Was that oh, PS5 only again? Yeah. Ah, whatever. Ah, raspberries. <laughs> but um, but on that front, let's talk a little bit more about um, games Gamescom that was going on over the last couple of days, uh, the new Halo game. And... There's a lot of contradicting reports. I don't really know what the truth is, to be honest. Mikey, I'm going to ask you the question. What is this game launching with? Is it actually launching with its campaign or not? Because one minute there's reports saying that, no, no campaign. And then there's other reports saying, no, there is a campaign. It's coming later. And then Bungie said at Gamescon, it's launching with a campaign. But they didn't clarify how long said campaign is and whether it's complete. Um, that's a great question. I have no idea, essentially. Basically, no, no right. Right. Let, right. Let, let me give you the, I'll give you the download because I do know. I, I was just trying to play along. So, <laughs> Halo Infinite, right? The release date, when is it out? It's on, um, before, they reckon before the end of 2021, right? That's, uh, that's, that's, that, that's the kind of thing. Um, doesn't have campaign co-op or the Forge at launch, apparently. So, it will have the campaign, but I don't think it's co-op. Right. Okay. Which is obviously one of the things which you know they 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 really want. Um, multiplayer is going to be free to play, so I think you can literally, if you don't want to buy the game, you can just go and play multiplayer. Yeah. I assume that's what they mean by this. Um, there are no loot boxes, no randomness, or any items that influence the sandbox and gameplay. No battle royale mode. Um, but the thing is that there's big features that will be there past launch. So, yeah, it's all a bit. I'm not really like I really love Halo. I'm not being jazzed about this game, but being honest, but I'm not jazzed about it, man. I'm not jazzed. I like I don't have an Xbox, but a really good Halo game because of the scarcity of PS5s may that would have been something that I go, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to get this to dip into next gen, get Games Pass, and enjoy myself. You know what I mean? Hmm. But it ain't doing it for me. Like, I, I, if this, it, it needs to be incredible. And Halo Infinite, everything I've seen so far has made me kind of go, eh, fine. That that that's that's a game that's coming out. It lost me after that reveal trailer about a year ago when it showed some multiplayer gameplay, and it was like, what is this? You're it supposed to ass. And let's let's put things in context. In the amount of time it's taken, three four three industries to go from halo 5 guardians to this in that same period of time bungie done halo 1 2 and 3 right. in that same period of time i went i moved to spain 
in well, sorry, in the, <laughs> in the time it took for them to do that, right? In terms of just going, <laughs> I know that's just a stupid thing. I, I've moved house since they since they released Halo Five. I have moved house four times. <laughs> Mikey has been more productive than a Halo franchise. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, there's only so many times I can see a cinematic trailer of someone waking up Master Chief, reminding us that he'd done a lot of stuff in the past and going, you have to finish the fight and, and go back into it, right? There's only so many times I can get those, those feels and I think they've pulled those strings a bit too many times. Um, do you want to know yeah. one? Sorry, do you want to know one cinema? I'm just going to completely again, totally change the the what we're talking about quickly because he's it's a maverick. Random. I am. Well, you know, I mean, it's not like we had a uh, much of a uh, an agenda for today's show, Evelyn. <laughs> so, been on the gins, have we? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> right. You just mentioned cinematic trailer. Have you guys seen the cinematic trailer for Marvel's Midnight Suns? I was going to that, sir. That was going to be a later item, but let's bring it in because it looked dope as hell. Mm, now we're talking about announcement, wasn't it? So um, Marvel have been swinging for the fences, both in mobile and in consoles over the last uh, 12 months or so in particular. But let's talk about this particular game. So the idea behind this is that, am I right in thinking, it's a dystopian future and lots of different versions of the same characters are coming together to basically go against a common en- enemy. That's what I've got from the, the vibe of this. But Wolverine looks like he's gone to Eververse at Old Destiny and had a bit of an upgrade in his armour. It looks glorious. It does look glorious. You've got Blade, Ghost Rider, Iron Man and Wolverine just looking dope as hell. You know what I mean? Giving you the death stare. But I think like, for, for those of you that don't know what this game is or haven't heard of it before, it's XCOM 2, but Marvel. Right. Have you guys played XCOM before? I played the first XCOM, but I know the, the sequel, everyone adores, but I only played the first one. XCOM 2 is basically like one of the most punishing games ever. It's essentially like... You, it's a grid-based RPG kind of thing where it's just... Oh, did you ever play Mario versus Rabbids? Or Mario yeah. and Rabbids, you know, for the Nintendo Switch? Yeah. It's yeah. that, but super difficult and super awesome. Um, but now they're doing, a, they're, doing a, they're doing a Marvel version of it, right? Where you've got basically, like... I mean, the characters kind of announced at the, at the start are like Iron Man, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Blade... Nico Minoru, Magic, Robbie Reyes as Ghost Rider, and Wolverine will all be playable. There'll be a total of 13 allied heroes and all drawn from the Avengers, X-Men, Runaways, and beyond. It's going to be coming out March 2022. Um, and apparently it was Marvel that actually reached out to um, reached out to the guys at Firaxis to basically go, yo, after they made XCOM 2, they were like, yo, let this that would like to work with you essentially um and it sounds really really cool you basically are your own character called the hunter right and you have all the superheroes as your allies and they've made a new character for this uh, well you're well i don't i don't know i don't know whether I mean, you're the you're the hunter basically you're whatever that is well i hope it's not poochie because that wouldn't be <laughs> That wouldn't be good. But essentially, all of the different characters will have, like, it's an RPG at the same time, right? So they'll all interact with each other and forge friendships and all those delightful things. Um, it sounds it sounds really cool, man. It sounds really, really cool. And I, I'm down. Anytime I get to have some kind of deep RPG systems, but with Marvel characters, count me in. I just love it. I just hope 
for the love of God, they don't do Thanos and the Infinity Saga. Like, I've seen that played out in so many video games in Marvel form over the last, like, three or four years from uh, the Marvel Infinite fighting game to the Avengers game. Thankfully, I've kept away from that, but the Lego games and everything else. Uh, Speaking of Lego, actually, there was an announcement and given the video of uh, the Skywalker saga um, in Lego form. I don't know what it's going to, I don't think that's actually what it's just called, Lego Star Wars, the, the Skywalker saga. Am I thinking, you know, like the whole of society has this collective thing that there's a movie called Shazam that stars Shazam in it, which never actually exists. Like the actual actor Shazam keeps being told, you're in Shazam. He's like, no, I'm not. That's not a thing. Um, that's a general thing. Look it up. But am I right in thinking this game has been announced and been unveiled to the world about a million times and it's still not here how have we not had this lego star wars game out yet i don't know i so i was really looking forward to playing this game um i went through a bit of a star wars kick a while ago and i was like man i want to play some i want to play some star wars games you know what i mean what's but when the lego star wars games are dope i downloaded battlefront 2 at the time i had it already and i was like going through that playing through that again i downloaded uh the um what's that dark souls star wars game Oh, uh, Jedi. Ginger uh, fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fallen Order. Well, Fallen Order. I was, I, I, I did that on the old, you know, EA Play thing. That was quite fun as well. Um, obviously, it's no Dark Souls, but come on, what is? Um, and I was like, well, let's crack on with some, let's get some Lego Star Wars on the go. And I was like, what, what's around? And I was like, look at this thing that's coming out, this collection of all of them. I played the old ones as a kid. That's how long this shit's been going on for. And... That was a quite a long time ago now, and, it, and they said it's out in like a month. And then a month came along, and it didn't come out. And I was like, oh, well, why is it out yet? And then they're like, it'll be out at some point. And then I've just kind of been sitting there with my eyes, my eyes sitting there on release dates going, I wonder when this thing's going to come out that I'm actually quite weirdly looking forward to. And it just hasn't come out yet. And I don't understand why. Do you know why? What's happening? I have no idea. I think the pandemic has probably impacted its production. I think maybe there's a... I don't think it's a quality thing, I think, just for whatever reason. But I generally, like you, I thought this game was announced, has been and gone. And I was just like, they're still doing reveal trailers for this game? I I have a feeling, and this is maybe me, the cynical side of old Card and Edwards coming out to play. The whole game, one of the gimmicks of the game is, right, is that there's like a hub between all of them, right? It's it's like, you know how they did Tony Hawk's 1 and 2 and they kind of made it a seamless thing right is there actually one game instead of two separate games that you have to choose before you boot up and stuff like that um i think they've they've discovered it's harder than it looks to link all these games up together yeah you're probably right i imagine there's probably some licensing things going on um i also think rise of skywalker probably didn't do what they wanted it to do and maybe they were changing the story so they kept pausing development while they were doing those bits as well complete random topic because as Mikey mentioned, there's not much of an agenda on this pod. If you could Sorry tell- to call you out, buddy. <laughs> That's all right. Apologies, my bad. Um, but if you could take any franchise and do a Lego game version of, what would you do? Ghostbusters. You literally have your entire... Ghostbusters. What's that? I want That's- Lego Ghostbusters. That would be dope as hell. Because they've already oh, done I- Lego Jurassic Park, and I love that. I love that I... I- Spoiler alert, I freaking love Lego games, all right? They are like my crack. Lego Avengers, oh, Lego Marvel Superheroes, the first one, is genuinely like the best Marvel game ever made. Yeah. Like, I say this with no irony, no sarcasm. No, it's just good. It's just good. Awesome. 
right? Number two is even good as well. These games are really, really fun. So like, give me Ghostbusters, man. That would be amazing. Or, or Back to the Future. I was about to say Back to the Future, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Or maybe like a Lego Rick and Morty game. I reckon that would be really fun. Like you can imagine their writing style working really well in like maybe of a more of an adult way. Um, or The Simpsons. Oh my God, they would do that so well, wouldn't they? Yeah. I'm going to go off on another tangent here. Did you see the guy that basically remade Lego Hit and Run? Or The Simpsons Hit and Run? What? So he, uh, there's a video online on YouTube of this guy that basically remade Lego Hit and Run in like a week. Um, and it looks amazing. It's all updated textures. He basically got this, he downloaded a tool that ripped the entire game's assets and upscaled them. And there's like all this mad lighting. He added all these effects to it. He's done all these quests and stuff. He's basically remade the game. Like, done it for is, that the, is, that, is that not the greatest thing of all time? Yeah, yeah. We, sorry, we're looking at it at the moment. We've been, love it. We've mentioned it before. A new version or an update, a reboot, a re-release, remake, whatever you want to call it, of Simpsons Hit and Run would sell so well because everyone who had that game loved it. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Speaking of games that are incredible in a surprise package, uh, Mikey, you recommended to a bunch of us to go download that Marvel app. Uh, I can't remember. It was the Future or something, wasn't it? Um, f- sorry, forgive the name of it. Future Revolution. Oh, thank you. The graphics on that for a mobile game are astounding. Like My, my phone gets too hot, and it's like, <laughs> oh... Gonna gonna lower them graphics settings there for you, bud. So then you, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I had to play it with my case on because my phone got so hot. I was like, whoa, toasty. <laughs> but then obviously I put the case on and it got even hotter. So I was like, this is not, it's not going so well, is it? Um, it's those graphics, man, are mad, right? Like that's better than like when I was playing like early 360 games. I swear. Mm. No, no, absolutely. I completely concur. I couldn't get over how good it was and actually how much maneuverability you had really recommend giving that a look um off that but just back just to backtrack on the what franchise would you like to see in a lego game <laughs> i don't know why but my head went to seven you know the movie seven mate so right i've got i i literally watched that film today <laughs> it's such a good film right i know it's heavy rain is basically a rip-off of seven but imagine that with lego people and just like the head of Kevin Spacey turning up and just going, I envy your life. <laughs> you are Can we rare. say Kevin Spacey anymore? So, oh, uh, 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 Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He opens up the box. It's just a Lego head of Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> oh, oh, so I've got nothing else. I've Lego. got nothing else. Lego has gone dark. <laughs> We turned, we're taking Lego and then we're going to do thrillers and horror versions of great films. What? Well, why not? Why not? Friday but, the 13th uh, in Lego. Hey, well, you know what? It, it could work. Friday the 13th is actually a really dope game. Have you, actually, have you had a chance to play it yet? I think it's part of the PlayStation Hits collection. Um, a surprise package, right? Like, if you didn't pay much for it, you're going to get a good time out of it. Which is also what I said on my wedding night. Anyway, moving on to, to game news. Mikey, um, you're our Pokemon. I am and indeed. There was a Pokemon stream uh, about 10 days ago. And I was just like, oh, what the hell is this? And actually, they were talking about some pretty cool stuff here. Uh, What was the actual point of the stream? And 
where are they going next? Because I was hoping for a big, big announcement. It wasn't really that. Well, they've got two big games coming out, right? So they've got uh, Pokemon Brilliant Pearl and Shining Diamond, I want to say. Basically remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl or whatever it was. Uh, the old school games back in the day. Remakes of them in like... Um, interesting um, interesting art style, I would say. It's like almost like another different art style of they're, they're going to. Um, but one, bit, one thing that people don't understand or don't appreciate the Pokemon games... Because of the, the way Pokemon have been able to do this, or Nintendo have been able to do this over the years, people have Pokemon that they caught in 2003, which they still have now. Amazing. Which they can, which they can put onto current, like, current games. Like, if that was a child, it would be of age of drinking and, like, moving out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you have a, people have a real sense of attachment to these games because of the Pokemon they caught when they were children. Do you know what I mean? It's pretty cool. Um but no, and the other one is there's a, there's a game called Pokemon Arcs, Arcanus. I'm never going to say it right. Pokemon Arceus. There you go. That's literally what it's called. Pokemon Legends Arceus. The Pokemon games are very formulaic, right? You're a boy or a girl. You rock up. Some professor, Acorn, Acorn, Oak, Moon, whoever the hell gives you a Pokemon for free out of three, and then you can just start your adventure, defeat the eight gym leaders, go and fight the Elite Four, on the way, randomly save the world. Do you know what I mean? And, and you've also got a rival that basically hates you, loves you, hates you, loves you. The same story every single time, right? We all know what it is about, and it's fine. But goddamn, we love the it. The wild area of Sword and uh, Shield was promised to be this, you go to the wild area, and there's, it's like Jurassic Park. There was all these Pokemon in their natural habitat, and you can see how they behave and how they act. Oh, this is amazing. However, Pokemon Sword and Shield was dull, right? I enjoyed it because it's Pokemon, but it's pretty dull. The areas are pretty lifeless. Not much is really going down. It's all a bit eh. The DLCs improved it dramatically, but it still wasn't quite what people planned. When when you see Zelda... The Avengers are Pokemon's games. <laughs> <laughs> when you see Zelda Breath of the Wild and you go, wow, there's like limitless possibility. That's, That's what people want. That's what people wanted. I wanted people wanted the Pokemon version of Breath of the Wild and they didn't get it because Game Freak have been making the same game now for 20 years. That's that's the issue, or 25 years or whatever it is now. Um this new game, Pokemon Legends Arceus, comes out in 2022, developed by Game Game Freak uh, and Nintendo and the Pokemon Company. And it's they're trying to break the formula where you control you and it's like an open world and it's like what i'm talking about with zelda is kind of there um the new trailer come out for that as well people are obviously very excited but it's getting very mixed reactions because there are certain things that people want to be able to do which they can't the battle system is a bit different and all this kind of stuff it's the classic case of i really want something different because what they do now sucks and then something different comes out i didn't want that you know, so it's like, eh, I'm not really sure what to think. The graphics could also be a lot better as well. I think that's one area of concern for people. Both of you look really, really stern looking at something off the screen. So I'm just going to talk to myself for a little while. Um, <laughs> My man, sorry, I was just preparing the wheel for the next bit. Cool. Just... Moles, you've got no excuse, producer Moles. <laughs> Moles has looked bored to tears since we got here, to be fair. He's been on his phone the entire time. He's been, he's been, he's been doing hot research. He's been doing hot research. He's just been whispering. I'm just going to call you by phone, <laughs> but um, but on that basis, though, man, like I I agree 
that from what I played of the Switch Pokemon games, because I didn't get it when I should have bought my Switch and I was really annoyed. It was part of the deal. Anyway, long story. I can't go back to Curry's. But <laughs> I didn't get out of it the thing that I was kind of hoping for, which is the same thing I think everyone's been hoping for since the promise of we're going to take that handheld experience you had on that little flat screen and bring it to a console. And I don't think we've ever really had that. We've had flavors of that in terms of, oh, we're going to have the Pokemon game where you take photos of them. We're going to have a game where you can fight them. But the world of possibilities that you had in that original Game Boy 8-bit screen or whatever bit it was, that visualized in a modern way and all the ways you want to do it. I don't think they've ever achieved that yet. They're still chasing that dragon. They've never achieved it because, again, it's one of those things where Game Freak are wildly successful. Every Pokemon game they have sells millions, and why would you screw the formula? Um, it's a very difficult thing to do because you're trying to capture new fans but also keep the old fans, and it's, it's, I think they've just become very scared of change over the years. So they'll add little features here and there that aren't really game... There'll always be a gimmick, right? So you've either got, I think it's Gigantamaxing, or you'll have X moves or X evolutions, whatever it's called. There's always a gimmick every every mm. iteration. And it's like, well, that's fine. The one thing, like, right, last thing I'll say on it. Why is, what, what's one of the cool, big things about Breath of the Wild that you're like, I really appreciate that? The physics of just, you can set something on fire and then jump on it and use it to glide away. I don't know if that's the what, answer, but I do appreciate that. <laughs> what if I were to say to you, one thing that I love about that game is, I don't have to sit through hours and hours of cutscenes. I can just play. I can just oh, yeah. go in and play the game. You can, you can play that game and kind of know what you need to do without reading any dialogue or because you exactly. build the story yourself. They literally, you start in a freaking cave, you climb out, you spend an what about an hour with a dude getting a glider. If that, you know, you can do it quicker if you want. But even then, there's only small bits, and then you've got autonomy to do what you want. Yeah. Once you get off that, in the center, you probably don't want to fight him yet. You go do other stuff. Once you get off the plateau, there are like very, very little cutscenes. Any dialogue that comes up, it's like a couple of button presses gone. I'm back. I'm back doing stuff. I feel in control. The Pokemon games, the Sword and Shield, especially, and I think the ones before that as well. It was very much a case of I'm going to now be handheld for 50 hours by this little snot-nosed rival that sits with you who just endless f***ing dialogue, man. Like, get on with it. I haven't got all this f***ing time. I've been playing Pokemon since I was eight years old, bruv. I know what to f***ing do, yeah? Like, it's not like, come on. Like, they need to give the player a bit more credit, if you ask me. Mm, yeah, it's a tough one, though, Nick, because I want to always bring in that new audience. But you're right, there should be some sort of... Like, um, I can't remember what game does this. But I think maybe it's just like a common trope that everyone does, where they'll ask you your level of comfort with these sort of games. It'll be like uh, Tekken might do it or, or Street Fighter. Of, I play fighting games all the time. And they won't ask you to select a difficulty, but they'll ask you by how you play these games. So maybe if they flash up and say, I remember playing this in the Game Boy when I was a kid. All right, cool. So you probably don't need speaking about the lore that much because you probably know all that stuff by heart. But you probably need a reminder over how to consumables work or something like that, right? Or would you like to skip the prologue? <laughs> yes, please. I don't want prologues. They do my head in, right? I get what you're saying. It's almost like they need a setting at the start that says experienced player, all right? Just, just 
cut through all the early bullshit. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. Just play it. I, I did, Mario Odyssey did a good job of that, right? You literally rock in, you land on this grey area, and it's like, oh, look, here's Mario. How this is how you jump, and just go on. Go I and collect some moons, bro. They found a director for the Mario movie. Have they? Yeah, so the guys who made the Minions movies have been given the keys to make a Mario movie, an animated Mario movie. Now, bear in mind, this is a property that goes from studio to studio like nobody's business, right? It's spread more than an STD. No one has ever actually managed to take Mario since that 80s movie or 90s movie with Bob Hoskins and bring it to the silver screen yet. But it is ripe for it. And in all honesty, if they can do... It's not these guys that wrote it, but if I think about... Remember when the trailer for Toy Story 4 hit? Right? And there's a famous scene where you hear the music in the background and it's playing, God only knows I need you. And you hear that song going, oh, they're talking about past times. And you hear Woody just say, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And you go, oh my God, my heart just aches there. If you can do something like that with Mario, something that we've all grown up with, we've all got 30 plus years of relationships with that fat little Italian man. If you can pull on those strings, you will you will have my money, you will have my soul, and you will have a franchise. Do not just make it a shameless cash grab. Or if you're going to make it a shameless cash grab, make it fun. Yeah, exactly. Get Rita Ora doing it. She's doing everyone, isn't she? So anyway, let's... <laughs> <laughs> Mario with Rita Ora taking on the world. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I like you say because you popped up in that Pokemon movie randomly. Uh, but anyway, let's talk. Uh, actually, I think we're done with news. Is there anything else you want to go? Give the wheel, man. All I'm here for is the wheel. Actually, uh, before, because Miles mentioned it off mic, and I think we should honor this Skyrim. It just won't stay dead. They're doing you know what, more though? versions. Do you know? Do you want to do you want to I'm going to buy it. I, I, no, I'm not going to buy it. You will buy what it. What I did do, I re-downloaded it on my Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, Skyrim, there's a game I really like. So I literally I turned, I I, I turned on the Switch. I turned on the Switch, pressed download, and then I haven't played it yet, but it's just there. It's downloaded now, I reckon. So like, I'm like, yep, I'm ready to play. Like This time I'll make a, one something that isn't a sneaky archer. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get five minutes in, they'll go, Look, he's got pinpricks in his neck. Ah, oh, I'm in the fucking vampire DLC again, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I just like, like, who doesn't have Skyrim in their game collection? Who's gonna buy this? I really want the Alexa edition. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, look. There's a reason why it works, and we were talking about it in the in the WhatsApp group in some form of preparation in build up to this show of. What haven't they done the definitive edition? And then Mikey quite rightfully said, No, all the mods since then are going to be introduced as well, right? Like, there's right. another so basically, right? Like, they released and they released the uh, is it enhanced editions? I think it was, yeah, um, which were basically they went in and improved the graphics for next gen consoles, right? They made it all look a bit lot nicer, better textures, blah blah blah, um, better like filtering and different um effects what have you um and it may look really good i give them credit it looks it looks really good on like a playstation 4 or what have you um when they did that they opened up basically pandora's box to the pc modding community because like wow we've got more stuff to play with now i assume you guys have never delved into mods massively on skyrim on pc 
No, I watched oh. a few videos that make me laugh with Thomas the Tank Engine, but he appears in front. <laughs> yeah. They're, some of the stuff is game-changing, man, like proper game-changing. It keeps that game alive in my brain. You know, with the, this uh, special edition or whatever, the definitive edition, what have you, it comes with like 200 of the best mods pre-in, right? Right. And the biggest problem with modding is that you, when you have, if you, you can't just have one. You know, you need to have more. Like, oh, I really want that. I really want that. I really want that. And then by the, by the point is you're at a point where you've got, let's say, 50 mods. If they're not loading in the correct order in the queue, you're going to have issues. Or if one of them is conflicting with another one, you'll have issues. Uh, my version of Skyrim for the Xbox One that I have somewhere, um, I got to a point where I couldn't boot anymore. Like I turn it on and I tried to go to play the game and it just crashed because I put the wrong my mods corrupt of each other they don't work anymore so being able to download or have a game where it's like you know what we've got 200 handcrafted mods which work perfectly together and you're going to get all these new features that's pretty cool like that's a quite cool thing for people that have never delved into the pc modding community or when it came out on xbox one never got going you know that that, for me bruv i'm all right with this i don't mind it i don't mind it nice i mean I hope there's some form of digital update for the Switch version. Then I probably might give it a whirl. That would be nice. I ain't seeing it. I don't know why I'm not seeing yeah, it. I'd love I'm... to see it. Or maybe like, you know, like some of the less taxing mods, like ones that aren't going to be like graphical overhauls and stuff like that. But like stuff like the one, there's a really, really good mod called um, A New Start or A Better Life, whatever it's called, where you start the game and you don't start the old fashioned way. Oh, look, a dragon, you know, and you're going down the cart on the hill or what have you. Like you don't start that way. You start basically in some house and you can choose your role. So you basically, there's a woman there, and she asks you questions. She's like, "Who are you?" And you're like, "I washed up on I washed up on shore after my boat was ravaged by whatever." Or I'm uh, I own the stables in Windhelm, or I do this. Or you, there's a million it's things you can do. It's D and D sort of style, right? It's kind of pick your yeah. path, roll the dice, and, and go from there. And, and you can literally choose all these different options, and then you go and sleep in the bed, and you wake up in that life doing whatever that thing that you said you were, that's how you start. So you, you basically start however you start the game, however you want, and then you can discover the story if you want, or you can just live your life. Or It gives you really, it's a real good life. A role-playing autonomy, it's, it's really cool, like really cool. Is, is there a story where you play a hot-headed cop who's chasing a serial killer that's killing people representing the seven deadly sins? Yes. <laughs> There we go. Sold. Take my money right now. Flint always goes back to seven. <laughs> anyway, I think we've talked the news through to satisfaction. Moles, do you know what time it is, my friend? It's time for the wheel. There we go. You had that in studio surround sound. Yes, we have topics uh, for our wheel of choice, which is very amp for this sort of pod. We do not know them prior. We have had no time to prepare. Some of them are great. Some of them are terrible. We find out now. We might have to do another spin after this. Least favourite gameplay feature. So, gameplay features you hate. Quick time events. Transactions. Well, so let's, let's, let's pause for a second. The right honourable gentleman on the right. Uh, Michael Carden Edwards, what was your response? Quick time events. I was going to say, who invented them? And it's not gameplay. Like, what's the point of them? Like, right, so, like, you know what, let me expand. I'm going to expand into mini games, right? 
Mini games are not gameplay. I'm going to give you an example. Going back to what I love, pro wrestling games, okay? WF No Mercy, when you're in a pin, if someone's pinning you, or if you're in a submission move, you just mash the buttons and pray, bruv. There's no indicator showing you. Your guy, the physical, your, your guy on the screen will be more dead or what have you, and you'll know, oh, look, I'm dying here. Uh, you know, best not get pinned. But you mash the buttons in the hope that you kick out. And right. sometimes you do when you think you shouldn't, right? And it's like, oh my God, I've kept, this is amazing, right? On the, like the newer games that come out, right? Everything's mini game. So like you have to do these gnarly things, which are just so boring and dull. Like you, there's, there's one where if you're climbing a ladder, right? There's like a circle that spins round, right? And then there's a little, like a piece missing and oh, you've got to rotate the thumbstick yeah, yeah. and that's flick like it into the thing. It's like, that's not a that's not fun and b is boring and c is nothing to do with what i'm doing here yeah just yeah. let me like people say we don't like button See, when i right? when i hear i like button games, i don't i don't think of that i think like when you say mini games to me i think of a card game randomly in a game do you know what i mean or like oh they're playing chess and it's actually a dope chess game like that could be a legitimate chess game if it was like really- like like red dead redemption where you can go and play poker and stuff yeah like the poker and red dead redemption is good enough to be a poker game or yeah yeah uh, no that, that's not, that, for fishing. me for me that's not a mini game like because like in Zelda I go fishing man I fucking love going fishing in Zelda it's great like that's not a mini game for me is some little wanky thing where I've got to press buttons or do something that's really small that's like you know one. stop it's so stop annoying. the X on the fucking line or what have you to do a thing it's like yeah. oh god. Just kill me now. All oh, right. So in um, in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, there is this drinking mini game, and the idea is that oh, you, you stand next to someone and you press X at the right time, and he drinks his ale, and if you drink the ale quick enough, you beat the other person, but you get drunk, and it means pressing X is harder. And I'm like, how's this fun? Like well, the, what, the, what the only time I'll accept, the only time I'll ever accept mini games are in the Yakuza series, right? Because those ones are wild. Like right. those ones are absolutely, pro- and they're really—they're not just like, oh, this is boring. They're genuinely fun. If you're the dude on the dance floor pulling off the moves, you're basically playing Guitar Hero, and right. it's like this is actually engaging. This is this is challenging. This is this is fun, you know. Um, and there's what I'm pressing has something to do with what's on the screen. The only other time I've found mini games to be even, or quick time events to be even remotely acceptable is in God of War. Yeah, because those ones just like. I'm going to mash square as much as you I can and I'm going to rip this dude's face off. Krodos ripping someone. And every time I press square, he rips slightly more. And that's that's a visceral feedback, you know, that's that's nice. But yeah, dude, I just can't be bothered with it. Or when, look, let's face it, sometimes we don't want a massive cinematic in a game. And there's nothing worse than in a massive cinematic where you have to pay attention and press a button just to hammer something. Well, I tell you who done that well, though, Kojima. He would, and it wouldn't be a mandatory thing. In those Metal Gear games, he'll be like, oh, you, at this particular point, if you just press R1, you'll just be in first person mode. There's no reason for it, but you're just in first person mode and you can actually watch the cutscene from a completely different angle. There's no benefit. Imagine being one of those developers and they go, all right, guys, okay, so we've done the sprint and in the sprint, we're going to configure it this way and we need to do the engine so that we can do the, the cutscene that's going to be brought in here using in game graphics. I'm making it up. I'm not a developer, but I imagine it's something along those lines. And they go, okay, it's going to take us this long. Oh, by the way, we've got a message from up top. Okay, what's he want? He wants us to basically do a complete first-person angle at this view in case someone might press it. 
Is there any story benefit? No. I, I always loved in those games as well. It's like whenever you're watching a cutscene, you can just wiggle the camera slightly, maybe zoom in a little bit, just slightly look around. Not enough to really be able to see anything. Yeah, just, just a little bit. And it'll like, make the zoom noise as well. Of the, you know, every <laughs> like uh, binocular, binoculars you would have, and it'll go, <laughs> no point, no point. Um, also, and I don't, maybe this is just me, this feels like it's becoming room 101 of games, but you know when like end credits happen in a game? And you have to play a level, but it's the end credits at the same time. It's like, I get it. You want me to say, like, Devil May Cry done this in Devil May Cry 5, where the credits are rolling and you basically have to kill someone repeatedly. Super Smash Brothers, by any chance? You completed Smash... You've got Smash Brothers. No, I haven't yet. It's on my list. Yeah, when you complete the arcade mode of any of the characters, you've got to do this bloody stupid, like, Space Invaders thing at the end. What? So what? What the hell is going on? Either play the game or it's over. There's no. And I don't. I still don't understand what you because you have to get all the coins or something as you're doing it. And I don't, I don't still understand why. I'm not sure what I get from this, but yeah. And every time I do, it, I'm like, oh, this is annoying. This takes about forty seconds, and it's a forty seconds I ain't got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With that in mind, then in absolute waste of times you can't skip out of dialogue expedition in games through following someone of. Here's going to be a scene where I'm just going to follow said guy who's going to tell me the mission and I have to walk next to him. And the worst, the worst, is when I have to move my controller with said person because there's not like a cinematic camera. I say, oh, fuck it, I'm going to go get myself a cup of tea or something because I don't care. Anything I need to know is going to be summarised up in the menu when I press pause. Why have I got to spend 10 minutes of walking next to someone telling me about how the natives are riling up against the common enemy and we're going to go get the local... Even even worse, when your walk speed is fast or you run it, you want to run there and you run faster than they do, right? So right. like you're running there and they're behind you and then it's like, go back to your... You're not following the person. You're like, for f***'s sake, yeah. just let me... Yeah, what? kills me, bruv. If this is like, you know, critical mission stuff, why do they always have to walk? They have to walk them. They have to follow them by walking. It's like, get a fucking move on, mate. <laughs> I will say that's one thing, like Red Dead Redemption and, and GTA does all right. You can just rock in a car. And like on a horse, you can just double tap X and your dude will just follow the guy in front and they'll have their conversation as they go. And it's like, oh, you know, like I ain't got to look. If you don't care about the expedition, you're driving, right? You, you, you just play a driving game and it just so happens in about 10 seconds time, your menu is going to update and say, go to this spot, right? Yeah, you're exactly. Really, it's entertaining doing you're engaged. Game, which yeah. Yeah. I, hate, I hate following people, man. But no, in terms of other like random things we hate in games or uh, was it, what did you say it was like? Yeah, games in games you hate. So we're kind of. Yeah, prologues. 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 I'm done with them. I don't need a tutorial, right? If there's a tutorial that says to me, Here's 20 minutes before you can play the game and you've got to f- around. Or, no, just, I just, life's too short. Life's too short. I, yeah, I do agree, but I do enjoy those games which give you a little, like, nice cinematic thing and you play it for a bit and then you get the, the, get the title screen. <laughs> you go, Ooh, oh, yeah, I was playing that game. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, now, now, now the game started. I'm two hours in. Brilliant. Final Fantasy VII remake did that to me, and that nearly made me kind of <laughs> seriously. I I fucking done that Mako reactor bollocks, right? And then I then it was like, oh, now I'm at the main menu. That took me three hours. 
pricks. I like. <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt like I'd achieved nothing. It's like, surely that should have just been a cutscene if that's the case. If I haven't even physically started the game now because I've only just got to the main screen, like, what's the point? What am I doing here? And then they decided to insult my intelligence further by basically saying, all right, now you're in a town. Here's 50,000 fetch quests because I don't respect your time at all. Yeah? And that's when I said, I'd love for no, you no, no, to thank you. QA on that game because I can imagine... I had to follow could have been an email. It had, to, it had to follow a system as well. I had to follow that Tifa Lockhart person around. And I was like, oh, I don't want to follow you around, love. Oh, God. Mate, worst worst game ever. Moles, you said you recently played this and you were like, loving it. How? How can you love such a game? I don't think I've got as far as you have. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the prologue, mate. That's what he's doing. Um, yeah, Moles ain't seen the title. I think a lot of nostalgia yeah. carries us through. I think that's why. I, I can see, I feel like every time I speak to you on Final Fantasy VII Remake, the thin, a thin veneer is being washed away. Of but, but I love this game, and I love these people, and they're my friends, and I want to be my friends. I will say, right, there are aspects of the game I was like, this is really cool, right? I liked how Cloud was represented. I like, what's the big dude? What's his name? Barrett. Barrett, he was awesome. Love that guy, right? He was really fun. The story was very intriguing. I enjoyed the, you know, the idea about um uh was it like the plants or what have you, everything's being, you know, I, I enjoyed the story, or the, the the presentation was very enjoyable, right? I just hated the fact that the combat was just a bag of dicks, right? Just a, a dreadful combat. Like, no, don't give me this stuff where I've got like little to no control over anything. It just felt miserable. All the boss battles took forever as well. Right on it, like there was that big giant mech at the end of that bloody maker reactor thing. I was fine that thing for a good twenty minutes, and I was like, "That the end boss should take twenty minutes, mate, not the first one. The first one should be right. Here's an introduction to a mechanic. Right when he shoots, huh, here's a dodge button or something like that, and you just boff him away. You're feeling good, right? Let's get in the game. I've learned something new. I've just leveled up, brilliant. But even when I leveled up, nothing happened. Nothing happened. I didn't get anything out of it. So all right, brilliant. And I had to pick up something that like gave me a thunder attack on something. It's like, well, just give me stuff. Like make this fun. It just the everything did no respect for my time. That game, no respect for my time, no like reward for playing this game at all. Yeah, other than nice graphics. That's basically I, it. I think to be honest, I think you nailed this at the start of this segment with games that don't respect your time with stupid mini games for making mundane things that are already boring longer. Um, and yeah, I think you nailed it from that. Um, I'm really struggling to think of anything else that winds me up. All I can think about now is every time you've had to do a stupid quick timer event for something really terrible. Or, um, I mean, it kind of ties into this. The amount of games where it's like, uh, press X to open the drawer, and you press X, and you go, oh, look at the spoon. And it's like, I don't need to look at the spoon. There's no reason. Can we just call this, can we just call this Red Dead Redemption 2 the thread? Yeah. <laughs> Like, honestly, it's like, all right, I've busted into some dude's house, right? The movement of this guy is just dreadful anyway because he turns like a boat. And it's like, brilliant, let's try and make his way up the bloody porch steps or something. All right, we're finally in this house. Now, right, what can we take? Right, and you press the button to take stuff and he opens up every fucking drawer. He looks at every bloody thing. Everything in that game has an animation. As a result, the game, I swear, to complete that game takes twice as long as it should do. Because yep. everything has an animation. I appreciate the attention to detail. But when I'm picking something up, right? Like when you go up to a dead body, right? And you're like, I want to loot that guy. Nope. You press the button. He picks off his. He picks up the hat. I don't want the hat. Put, put the hat down. So then he puts the hat down, right? Then you go and do it again. Oh, look, now he's picked up the ammo. No, no. 
loot I, the guy. I, right? yeah. then, then the next thing you do, yeah. then you pick him up. And you're like, no, don't put him down. <laughs> put the guy down, loot the guy, pat him down. And then you finally press it. He finally shimmies into position to get like the loot mechanic, right? And then you pat him down, you get his stuff. And it's like, that took four button presses to do that. Yeah. Just what about the times? What happened to the days when you just walk over a thing and it just does it for you? And you yeah. get a little notification. Look, there's some more ammo at the top. Just give me that. This, this, this search of realism is dull. I ain't interested. I want not realism in, look, not in terms of mundane stuff, 100%. I do not want... I mean, how many times, whether... I mean, you know, there's so many games that have a loot feature where you are holding the button and you're then waiting for it to come. And it's like, you know what? I don't care. I'm playing a video game. Just let me run over the dude and then all of a sudden just pop in my menu, right? So here's... here's I hate crafting. Like, what's the point in crafting, honestly? I get it, right? You're trying to be like, hey, look... If you get item A and mix it with item B, you get item C. And the risk reward is you might have to mix item C in the field of battle, which means you've got to be tactical and strategic. But I also point to you, that's not fun. And video games you know what, be fun. Do you know what else isn't fun, right? I have a big fear in video games, right? I'm sure you guys have the same thing. I hope you do, because then, then you'll understand what I'm talking about. You're playing a video game. It's brand new. You don't know what's going on. Be like, I like this. This is good. You start picking up stuff. Oh, what's this? What's this? Oh, this is interesting. And then you, when you go to a point where your inventory is full. Ah, uh, your inventory. I've got to, no, I've got to now drop some shit or use some shit. What the f*** do I drop? What do I have? You know, you've got to beep out a lot of swear words. I'm getting quite angry, right? I am a guy in video games. I don't like dropping shit. Because I don't know if it's good or not. And then you always find ones that are just labeled as junk. Then why the fuck can I pick it up? Yeah. Why can't I pick it up I if it's junk? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't want and then there's the other thing as well. It's like, right, I hate video games where they kind of go, here's a special item. Like, like here's, a, here's an item. And it's like, I get scared to use it. What if I need, it? What if I need that later? What if I need oh, that later? Mate, I'm such a hoarder for that sort of stuff. So. I hoard everything. I hoard absolutely everything. Give me some knowledge about something, right? Like Pokemon do it perfectly. This thing is a fucking master ball. Yeah. If you throw this bad boy, you'll definitely catch what, what's in it. But be careful, there's only one of these. I now know this this thing's for real. All right? I've got to save this bad boy for something I really, really want. Really right? thing. If there's something in if there's if I'm playing an RPG and this and this dude comes out to me, this wizened old man sells me some magic beans, yeah, and they're gonna do something incredible. I want it, I want to be able to know like I can do this once. So in my brain, I'm going, final boss time. And I'm gonna save that bad boy for the final yeah. boss. There's so many times I've completed games and I'm like, I didn't use any of my stuff. And I look at a guide layer and it's like, oh, you could have combined these things in the crafting menu and made this thing. Oh, brilliant. No, well, I, I, I completely agree. And not to be, it's going to be very on brand for me and Moles, but when I think about what Resident Evil does really well is it tells you when an item is no longer of use. Like it will say, this item, you've used this key in every door. You've unlocked everything now. Just discard it, bitch. Like you don't need it. Get rid of it. Like I want to be told when stuff is useless. I'm quite surprised. Mr. Carn Edwards, there's something you've not brought up of least favourite gameplay feature. And you mentioned this. If I had a little counter, it probably would be in the in the tens of HUDs, of you just not liking lots of crap on your heads-up display. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's miserable, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's miserable. Shit, it's absolutely miserable. Like, if when I can, I'll play Zelda without the HUD on. Like, just give me that. You know, just give me the, the view of nothing on it. Like that's, that's immersive to me, you know, that's immersive. I like that. There are things I do like though, like give the temperature gauge. 
It's a lot easier to see when I'm getting close to the hot or cold. Um, Huds, I'll grant you, drive me nuts because it's like it's all a bit much for me. I'm going to go one better and tell you another thing I hate. Bad inventory systems. What? I'm looking at you, Fallout 4 or Fallout 3. It, where it's just a, it's just a list so many times like it's like doors right doors exist and everyone uses them and we can agree how doors work we don't need to reinvent doors so why have we literally every game has its own inventory system look no one's going to sit there and go i feel cheapened i feel like this is a ripoff why because i took the inventory system from another game <laughs> Like, I just don't, don't get it, man. I don't get it. Like when, honestly, when I played Fallout Three for the first time back on my Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty at university, that inventory system gave me a headache. I was just looking at it, going, "It's just a list of stuff. I can't see what any of this stuff is, or what the what's going on. This is dreadful. This is dreadful. Why? Why are we? Why have we devolved into this state of a list of things? What is that? I don't know. Uh, weight management. Uh, Why is that a thing? Dude, this is killing me, this segment. This this segment is killing me. Weight management. I said it earlier, right? Oh, you're out of your inventory space. Or like in Skyrim, where it's like, you're now overburdened. Overburdened. Brilliant. And then you basically... You're a mammoth tusk. (laughs) You you know what I mean? And then you go go to to Lydia. I think I can add to Lydia and you go... You go, yo, Lydia. Yeah? My, My faithful follower. Here's like... Fucking a check, a chest's worth of stuff, you know, and then she's heaving it around. It's like game. I can suspend disbelief. I just don't get it, man. Like I'm holding eight sledgehammers. Of course, I'm going to be a little bit tired, you know. But it makes no sense, man. It's and it's not fun. It's not like there's a difference, right? People always say the stamina, the stamina system, and the weapon degradation system in Breath of the Wild were bad. I'll discontent. I'll contend it. You need to master. I love. Both of them systems. Stamina means I have to think about what I'm doing when I'm climbing. And the weapon stuff means I use more weapons. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just stick to one and that'll be it. And it's boring. Right? And when like it, beating an enemy to death with a with a tree. Exactly. And when the master sword, master sword, the master sword gets refilled again, it's like, excellent. Get to use that now for another 20 minutes. Best time ever. It's fun. The, the, what was I saying? What was the book? You just said something a second ago. Weight management. Weight management. Weight. Wow. Just, just, it's not fun. It's not fun. It's not like a system in there. Like, oh, you've got to manage how much weight you carry. That's not fun. No. In no world is that fun. You level up your strength stats. You can carry more. Well, that's just uh, something I'd expect to begin with. I have one more thing to add to this discussion, (laughs) right? Because I'm on a bloody roll now. Moles, you may know I'm coming from this. And so are you, Mr. Flint. RPG games that when you level up, it goes, oh, you'll now do 3% more damage with your fire attack. What? When I level up and I choose a skill, I don't want little percentages or what have you. Say, you now do, like, you know, you now shoot a second fireball. Give me something obvious so I know what's going on. Some of these skill trees, brother, it's like, oh, your melee attack is now increased by 4% when your health is below 25%. What? That is intangible. I don't know what that fucking means, mate. Yeah? You say to me, you now have more strength and you'll do more damage, right? Or like, give me a number, not some random naughty percentage, which means nothing to me. I hate those things, man. Show me the yeah. actual benefit of the thing I've just acquired. Like if you Kills me, tell bro. me that instead of it saying 72, it says 73 when I punch them, that don't mean much to me. But like you say, maybe a different animation, maybe a different 
uh, or maybe physically the enemy you hit deteriorates better or there's something significantly different which means you're not just sitting there scaling up a little dial you're giving me something more and this is the thing right when you level up right you want to feel the benefit of it when i'm just doing incremental number increases every level i don't feel like i'm getting stronger if i skipped from level one to level 40 yeah i'll be like that's a big difference but i ain't noticing that as i'm going on the hero's journey right and that's that's very important to me yeah, I, I lay awake at night thinking about these things. <laughs> you want you want GTA San Andreas when you're in the gym and you start pumping iron and you physically become the Hulk if you hack it enough. <laughs> oh exactly. my god! You know, exactly. I, said, I didn't think this would be much of a conversation, but to be honest, we have definitely talked about the satisfaction. But before we round up, moles, is there anything that we have not discussed that you want to bring to the table or features in games you hate? <clears throat> microtransaction and loot boxes like i get it people like this people like to pay more money to win and get better stuff or you know pay a couple of quid and get a better gun or a better sword but if i pay 50 60 quid for a game i just want to play the game i don't want to be always on the back foot against someone who's piling in 100 quid to get the game and then 40 quid's worth of microtransaction i don't know like that it's the devil's work <laughs> the devil's stop it <laughs> I don't mind DLCs. I don't mind getting, you know, a big chunk of I don't mind cosmetic microtransactions. No, they can piss off as well. Oh, no, but I want my guy to look like an anime character. I'll pay money for it. We're going to differ on this. (laughs) I hate it. I just want to play the game, and I want it to be fair across the board. I I have to call you out, Mr. Moles. I have a text message from you saying I'm tempted to pay for the DLC for Resident Evil to get the unlockables. Yeah, because I'm doing the back (laughs) catalogue. I'm doing the back catalogue. I want to get through the story as quickly as possible. I've, you know, I've got a lot of games to get. That is fair enough. And to be honest, there's rhyme and reason. Yeah, even with the guy that takes an age to get through. Anyway, on that note, I think we've talked that through to satisfaction. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've liked what you listen to, if you like the Cusfile Jip, then maybe, just maybe, you're willing to go a little bit deeper. Click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is to mean that you get more content from Grey Fox Plays Games. Uh, I'm going to go with Mr. Moles. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. It's nice to have your face in a studio with me. It's been a nice, comfy uh, little couch up in a lounge. It's like on. therapy for you, isn't it? It is great. It's a ther- yeah, you're in the yeah, therapist. I'm in a therapist chair, and I was, I'm just like, so how did you feel, Matt Moles? It's good been a bit uh, a bit spicy as you would say and that's how the zodiac killer was formed uh, michael cardon edwards thank you so much sir aka michaelness um thanks bruv like i'm gonna i'm gonna big you up let's talk about pull two halves you've got uh, a massive day of transfer speculation to go through uh, let's talk about that well coming yeah man so i mean now we record we drop twice a week now i feel those of you who haven't noticed we've got a brand new intro song we, we we've changing it all up bro we, we're improving we're signed to the sports sports social podcast network as well uh starting to see that revenue come in as well which is quite fun and uh yeah man we record monday nights dropping it tuesdays dropping it fridays and uh yeah tuesday the tuesday show is going to be a lot of fun because uh, it's going to be a lot of transfers. And then Friday's show is going to be fun as well, because Lee's going to tell us how to fit all these transfers into our fantasy football teams. So, yeah. Love it. Love it. About three years ago, I rented uh, Soho Radio Productions to do a show with a couple of folks um, in the film sphere, and I asked Mikey to join 
for an episode. And this was on the eve of the Premier League, or maybe just the eve of the transfer window concluding. And I, I brought up your podcast then. And I said, Mr. Carden Edwards, what would a good season look like? And you said in a very, you know, straight away, you didn't, you know, you didn't miss a beat here. We went for Manchester United to fold. Is life a little bit better now? <laughs> so a tiny bit better. A tiny, a tiny bit better. better. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get my, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but it's been quite the day. It's been quite the day. So, uh, yeah, my young Michael, who was 15 years old in Cyprus when we signed Cristiano Ronaldo uh, and watching his debut against Bolton Wanderers or wherever it was. You know, that, 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 that I, I, I reminisced about that today a little bit when we signed him. It was uh, a very, oh, my God, I'm really old, aren't I? 35 years old now. This is not so good. So, yeah, a very fun time. There we go. Well, on that note, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you do have an appointment for a vaccination, please make sure you go to it. Be kind to each other. Keep your distance. It has been a pleasure serving you.